0: Everybody, welcome to the Grab the Map podcast, where we don't just look at it, we grab the map. I'm your host, John Crutchfield. And every single week, every Tuesday, we like to get on here and we like to talk about real estate investing, all things real estate, little rental houses, little flipping houses, little wholesaling houses, whatever floats your boat. If it's about real estate investing, we like to talk about it. And this week, I get to be super excited because I'm kind of a I'm kind of starstruck. It's one of one of my one of my real estate crushes here, <laughs> Mr. Jennings Smith. He's doing a whole lot of, of cool stuff. And I literally uh watch watch what he's doing every day and take it as an example. So hey Jennings, are you there, man? Hey, what's going on, John? Thanks for having me on the
1: show. I appreciate hey, it.
0: Man, I'm sorry, but you can see me blushing here. If you're on <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you can you can see me blushing. If you're on the podcast, then they just you just need to subscribe to subscribe to this channel and, and hang on, take a notepad and get ready for for some gold. Um, Jennings, I, I know that a lot of people that are listening to this uh, may have have heard of you or may have seen some of your stuff. But um, we're just going to we're just going to introduce you as if they haven't. OK, so could do you mind just telling us a little bit about who you are and, and your introductory story?
1: Absolutely, man. Uh, Yeah. My name is Jennings Smith. I live in the Charleston, South Carolina area, and I have been in real estate. I've been buying stuff about seven, eight years now, but really actively just the last two, a little over two years. So my background is I'm a contractor. Uh, I grew up in May. I got my license at 19, built houses, uh, remodeled houses Went through the uh, the recession and, and got more into renovations, and got really sick of that business. Um, it, I, I liked it and it was a good skill to have, as you know, being in real estate. Um, it's just good to know how to rehab stuff, but uh, it's always kill and eat. You know, there's nothing repeating about it, and. So I always had to be chasing the next client, bidding the next job. And then when you would bid the job and get the job, now you got to perform the work. And sometimes you'd make money and sometimes you wouldn't. And that frustration led me into a franchise model for for custom contractors called Allaire Homes. And they were really good for me, broke up in my mindset, helped me think a lot bigger and get off the island of, of um just doing everything yourself. And it put me on a path to serious self-development and investing in myself. So I joined up with them that gave me processes and systems to run my construction company a lot better and eventually exit my company for um, a good sale. You know, I was able to sell it for, for, I mean, my company was worthless without them. And so that gave me a, a platform of some monthly income to, to jump into real estate full time. So before I did all that though, I, I started with buying mobile homes and, and that led to a few single family homes. And then that led to some uh, smaller multifamilies and mobile home parks to bigger multifamilies to to where I am now. So yeah, that's kind of my, in a nutshell, where I'm at. We've got, we've got about, about 800 doors that we are very active GPs that we own a, a big chunk of. And then we just closed a deal uh, yesterday, 250 units in Winston Salem, but I'm a very small GP part of that, so I don't really, I'm not counting that in my unit count because I don't think it's right. It's not fair.
0: It sounds like that gets you to a thousand doors. It sounds like I right know, there. but
1: I, it does. But I don't want to say, yeah, I hit my thing and I own one percent of this deal. It's like no, okay, I gotta, I gotta close another big deal.
0: Well, we're gonna go down that path a little later. <laughs> that that one percent is something that I, I, I really admire about you. But I heard you say something, and I want to kind of talk about that for a minute, because you said you learned to think big during that experience. And that's one of the things that I really admire about you when I'm watching your social media post and when I'm following you. Is that like I like following people who think way bigger than I do, because it gives me something to to kind of look forward to how you learn to think big.
1: So That's a good question. Um, Like I said, it started with getting in the right rooms and it started with a layer that that there was a a $50,000 franchise fee. It's now, I think $80,000. And, and that was like, wow, I'm going to put down this money to get in this group and to learn something and invest in my business here. And that was a big step. Like that was a definitely a different muscle than I had ever used before, but doing that. And then, I bought a, a multifamily course online. It was a thousand dollars. And that was the first thing I'd ever sold that had been sold to me with like, I think it was a click funnels, a squeeze funnel and then the timer and all the bonuses and all this. And Buy it worked. And I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I bought that and I felt like I was going to get ripped off. And I mean, in hindsight, it's a, it was a thousand dollars, like who cares? But I, I really struggled with that purchase, um, but I bought it and it really started to expand my mind. And then uh, I went to Tim Brotz's conference and that was $5,000 cause it was in person. I think it's, it's only 500 now, but um, it was $5,000. That was a massive investment. Um, and then I joined a mastermind with uh, Mark Evans, Dealmaker family. And he has a group of 33 um, entrepreneurs, high level business owners, and it's invite only. Uh, and after he saw what we were doing for a while, he invited me to join. And I said, Well, yeah, you know, how, you know, what's the cost? It's like it's $35,000. I was like, Oh, okay. Can you, you know, can you pay that uh, over monthly payments? Or, no, you got to pay the whole thing up front right now if you want to <laughs> join. <laughs> I was like, Okay, I'll do it. I didn't say I need to think about it. I didn't say, it. I did say, what am I going to tell my wife? He's like, well, she, she knew you were crazy when she married you. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can explain. So I joined that and that those things really helped is, and it, it sounds counter to like, oh, you know, spend all this money, spend all this money and, and, and you're going to get mindset. And it, it's not quite that, but it's, it's the saying I'm worth $35,000. I'm worth $5,000. I'm worth a thousand dollars. I'm worth spending time here. And I'm going to make a change where our identities get wrapped up in like I'm a contractor or I'm the single family guy or even me I'm, that I'm the multifamily guy. Like I'm bigger than that. I can be whatever I want to be and I can reinvent myself however I want to. And the ability to to say I'm going to evolve, I'm going to change, I'm going to invest in myself. It, 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 it's, it's just like working out. It's a muscle and it gets bigger and stronger over time through through repetition and doing it. But you gotta, you gotta get around the right people. Proximity is power, you
0: know? Yeah, proximity is power. And it sounds like you you put a little faith in action. It sounds like you took some steps and you did something before you even had the mindset, right? I, I remember my first my first investment was much smaller, but it was one of the, the Grant Cardone conferences where, you know, it's a week, well, I think it was a week before the 10X conference and the price gets discounted just enough to where you're like, oh, and bring a friend with a ticket. And uh, that conference, it, it changed my business. It changed everything because now I was in a room with 10,000 people who all wanted to grow their businesses. And when I was coming up saying, hey, I've got 10 rental houses, they were like, so what? They were like, "Where? What is? You should be thinking way bigger than this." And uh, sometimes that investment, right, is 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 the start of being around the right people, and that's what I hear you saying is is sometimes you you inv- you invest that you're around those people, and then the sky just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to you. It's and it's no limit. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I yeah. I think
1: you know the education and the reading in the books is uh, of course critical um but being around the people that are putting it into action that can kind of spur you on is a whole nother level because I read when I had my own construction company I mean I read books and this and that but I really didn't start massively changing until my close friends and colleagues were doing big things um which uh which conference did you go to of grants 10x conference
0: the tenant when to, in Vegas or the 10x conference in Vegas. I've been to the tennis conference in Miami. And then they sold me. I went to the uh the boot camp. I've gone to a lot of his stuff now because
1: dude, I was I was in Vegas in 18. Uh yeah, I, was, I was probably at the I same conference. So,
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Vegas. That in was Vegas. a good one. Yeah. I remember when he uh since we were going down that road and he comes out and there's like all the grants in the stands. And he's got all these, all of his staff with with masks on that are Grand uh-huh. Cardone faces. And I remember just being wild. And he said, "Hey, you got to be everywhere, man. You got to be everywhere." And I remember when he said that, there was this little building in Tupelo where I, where my my market is that I had been trying to figure out: Am I going to rent it out as a barber shop, or it's a little commercial building? Am I going to rent it out to a bank to have a kiosk in it? And when he came out. <laughs> With all those faces saying be everywhere, I was like, man, like, and now that building has been nominated for like the, the best turnaround of a corner because I get tons of leads and attention because I've made that building an office that nobody else was thinking could be an office for a property management company. So he, he kind of oh. really challenged me to think differently about like marketing and advertising. It's not bragging. It's actually drawing attention to the people that we want to help. Uh, That's pretty, pretty good. Sharing
1: uh, sharing your successes, I think is so important uh, because people want, they want to hear that and they need to hear that and they need to see that because there's so many people that are not doing anything. And so if you're getting traction, like if you close the deal, host the deal. You don't know who's looking, who wants to maybe invest with you, or you don't know who's got a deal in their back pocket and they want to partner with you because they don't know how to close it on their own. You've got to, I say, don't be a secret agent in our group. Uh, You've got to tell people your successes. But yeah, I remember he came down from the ceiling, like rappelled down from the ceiling. And he's like, you know, people say that I'm a show off and this. And I just wanted to remove all doubt. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Look, And it it really made it really made a difference in in my mindset, Um, similar to how you do. Right. So a lot of a lot of the the people who listen to this podcast or doing some of my coaching groups or whatever, they are first time investors. They're thinking about investing. Maybe they've seen videos on social media and they're like, okay, this guy used to be a teacher. He used to be a principal. Now he's like not doing any of that. And he's, he's, uh, he's flipping houses and renting houses and stuff. So they're thinking like about getting into it their first time and how to take their first step. Right. One of the things I like about the way that you're doing deals is you do a lot of things that are outside of traditional Like put 20% down, uh, put your own money in a deal. You do some creative things. So um, maybe we can segue into some questions about that. Um, First question, right? Tell us about the first deal you did that way that you didn't do uh, traditionally.
1: Uh, Okay. (laughs) The first deal. So... I was, when I was really first getting into to real estate, the first thing I did was buy a double wide that had been abandoned AC ripped out. And my friend in college, my roommate, his father owned a mobile home park. Okay. And so I, I went and met with him and I was like, Hey man, I want to get into mobile home investing. What do I do? And he said, listen, this is a great business right here. And this would be a good place for start for beginners to start. Yep. Uh, It's like, I find him mean, he owned the park. So occasionally he would get people that would default and just abandon their home. But he's like, you can buy a part homes in parks. And the park is happy to sell it to you because they want to get their lot rent and you fix it up and you sell it owner finance. He's like, make them put down a few thousand dollars and do an installment contract. He's like, that way you're not the landlord. You don't have to fix it. Trailers are notoriously like very high uh, expense ratio to maintain. And so that was, this is how you can get started. And so I found this trailer for five grand. Uh, this guy sold it to me. I put five grand into it. So now I did have to have $10,000. So I didn't like raise it or borrow it, but I'll talk about the first deal. I, I didn't use any of my own money on, but okay. so $10,000 though, not a massive sum of money, but, uh, and so I sold it owner finance for, I think 22,000 moved the people in. They immediately stopped paying me and they trashed the house dogs tearing everything up i had to finally get them get rid of them got them out and i mean i was heartbroken because I, I, that place was nice like i had done it my all myself remodeled it myself like poured my heart and soul into this place and they just demolished it so i had to put another five thousand dollars into fixing it up and i just sold it i think for like 15 grand so i made pretty much nothing i just broke even and i almost quit right then because i was like okay this does not work Um, but, uh, another opportunity came along and I did the same thing, you know, bought it for seven, put five in it, sold it for 20 made money. The lady never defaulted, paid it, paid it off. And I just kept repeating that. Uh, I did that four or five times and then I bought some other single family rentals, this traditional route. And that was where I got screwed up because my dad, he had 15 rental homes and and he's like, you know, you save up 20, 25%, Mm -hmm. buy it wait a year or two, save up 20, 25%, buy another one. And I'm like, okay, yeah, dad, but I'm going to be like 50 before I have 10 homes. Like this is so slow. And, and I didn't, he didn't know how to teach me how to like raise capital and and do seller financing, no money down all these other creative techniques. So my first deal, I I took this course and they taught me some techniques and, and I found this 12 unit in North Carolina. $250,000 the guy wanted for it. And it was losing money. It was, it was occupied and it was in good shape, but it was not in good shape financially really expensive management company, really high water bills, no utility billbacks. whatever. So I told the guy, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be able to get a loan on this because your property is losing money. Not because I have no experience and I won't be able to get the loan. Right. 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 True. Um, but I said, will you sell or finance me? And he said, yeah, you know, I will for for 30% down. I'll finance the other 70%. And at the time I just took that deal because it was a really good 20,000 a unit. I mean, it was a great price. Mm -hmm. And so I go to an investor, I pitch them on, they get 40% equity in the deal and I'm going to pay them, you know, quarterly returns. They're going to make a great return. And so they loan me $90,000 for the down payment and a little bit of remodel closed the deal. And, uh, 16 months later, we sold that deal for 410,000. Uh, and we were all into it for like 250, to mm-hmm. So investor made, uh, I don't know, 50, 60,000. I made a hundred thousand and it was awesome. Awesome. First, like small 12 unit multifamily deal. Uh, so that was my first kind of no money down deal, but I still had to put money down. It just was an investor's money. Yeah, uh, okay. And I think,
0: yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, I think that's what people need to hear, right, is the money has to come from somewhere a lot of times, uh, but it doesn't have to come from you, right? And I think a lot of times when people hear, uh, oh, I've got to have money or I've got to have 20% down or 25% down, they're thinking about their nine to five W-2 job, like I've got to save this money coming out of my job income or coming from my business and add up to that. Um, but I heard you raising money from a, a number of different people on that deal, right? So you've got the, the seller that you raised money from, right? Somebody had to explain that to me one time that when you convince the seller to do seller financing, you're actually raising money from them. Um, and, and then you've got the, the investor that you're also raising money from. So um, it's very interesting that you're, you're doing the deal um, but you're using other people's money. Uh, how does that make you feel? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it makes me feel great because it's, it's infinite scale. It's unlimited uh, power. Like there is so much money in this world. Yeah. And I think that we, we, at least I thought this at first, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, who's going to give me 50 grand. Who's going to give me a hundred grand. Who's going to give me a million dollars, $3 million as We're closing bigger and bigger deals. And You just think that there's these insurmountable mountains and they're not. I mean, dude, there are people that have a hundred thousand dollars. That's like loose change in their car. I mean, and they want to put it to work. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way that you should be cavalier about other people's money uh, because you, you can't, you have got to put them in good solid investments and and do what you say you're going to do. But the point is, is people, they need you and to flip the script in your mind and that posturing of, I am a successful operator. I know what I'm doing. I have connections to property managers, contractors. I know how to reposition these properties. And I have the deal. I've got a great deal under contract and money people, they're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. And I—and—and and, and even though, yes, it is difficult to raise money, it, you got to convince people to do it. Uh, but getting your mindset right, Versus like, oh my gosh, please give me money. Please invest in my deal. That People right. flee from that. They're repelled from that. It doesn't work. Uh, you've got to go into that battle knowing what you're worth and what you have. And on that first deal that the investor did push back, it was 60, 40, 60 me, 40 him. He's like, hey, I'll put up all the money. Why are you getting 60%? I said, well, because I've got a deal under contract for $20,000 a door that we can make a phenomenal return on and I can raise the ninety-something thousand from somebody
0: else if you don't want to do this. Well, no, no. I mean, I want to do the deal. Knowing knowing your this. value, right? Knowing yeah. your value. And you're solving a problem from him for him because he needs to put his money somewhere that's going to get him a great return.
1: Yeah. 17 months later, he had his 90 grand back plus 50 grand.
0: I mean, he was happy. He made plenty of money on it. He he made he made plenty of money. Um, you made plenty of money. Um, I mean I think you've already provided a lot of value to folks because they're thinking like, if, if I go to somebody and I say, Hey, I need 20% of a down payment that, that the person who will or will not give them that 20% is doing them all of the favors, right? They're actually bringing value to that investor. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. um, I remember when I realized that money was a lot more abundant than I thought. Um, my first investor was somebody that I actually sell or finance the house from and I okay. convinced him to sell finance to me. He paid me. I mean, I paid him every month. Like I said, I would. Right. And then after the first year, because I was really just getting going, I told him, okay, get ready for a payoff because I'm going to sell this house cause I need some money. And he was like, wait a minute. Uh, how much do you need? And I was like, well, I think I'll clear after I sell this house, I think I'll clear 20 grand. And he's like, so you're going to stop my monthly income that you've been paying me for 20 grand. And I was like, I don't have it. I need it. And I want to do some more stuff. And he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd loan you another 20 grand so I can keep my monthly payments coming. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like this exists. And uh, that guy is now one of my largest investors. Um six years later, he's one of my largest investors. And I, he, he never wants to be paid off. He just wants monthly income. So hey, listen, it listen. grows. That—that—that yeah. that, that, that is a huge thing. Like, because yeah. you get
1: you get a 50 grand from somebody or 100 grand, you think, Oh, well, I got to find somebody else. Not always. I mean, I've got Yeah, I've got an investor, one of my earliest investors. And I mean, every single deal, he's thrown another 100 grand in there. Yeah. I don't know where all this money's coming from. But he's got it. And uh, he's happy to to, to get the pit checks every month.
0: Yeah. Business is good. You do what you say you're going to do. You know, it's it's kind of funny because he's come to rely on those monthly payments. He's he's started lately. He started, you know, adding his daughter to some of the stuff that we do so that she can get some down in the future because he's starting to plan for his, his future. And he's told friends about me. He's like, hey, look, if you want to do some stuff, like this guy has done right by me for shoot five years now so that the referrals also start to be be helpful that
1: that trust translates and in this business it's all about the trust i mean there's it's easy to promise big returns and this and that it's it's just this is a guy that i know personally that mitigates risk that knows what he's doing that has consistently paid me those are hard to find going back to your value and your worth and he's happy to recommend and and the the money base can expand. I mean, I started raising money literally two years ago and Yaden and I were looking at our, our investor portal. We've raised like $5.4 million in two years in in actual cash and down payments from investors extracted. I mean, like that's a lot of money. You know, you can, you can buy a lot of real estate with five
0: plus million bucks leverage. My, my hero, 5 million, 5 million. That's amazing. Um, so I think what I want to ask you now, like, as, as you think about doing these deals, maybe you you find something that's a really good deal, you need a down payment, maybe you need a loan or seller financing, like, does your mind now automatically go to, um, I'm going to partner with an investor to get this deal done? Or do you still think sometimes about doing deals yourself?
1: Yeah, uh, Um my mind goes to how can I do this deal without putting my own money in it That's where my mind goes so if it's if it's got to go through an investor because if if i if you keep putting your own capital into every deal, eventually you run out and then something goes wrong on some of your other deal and you don't have an extra hundred grand sitting around right and, or or i mean with the portfolio i mean the bigger your portfolio gets, you need more money you know so mm-hmm. if you have <laughs> Yeah, if you have a fifty million dollar portfolio, and you have that much money a month going out in payments, I mean, you think about the debt on fifty million dollars. Um, you you better have half a million minimum sitting in an account and just like cash, liquid cash. That's right, uh, or more. And so, if you're putting hundred thousand dollars into every deal and, and and continuing to just run your cash into to zero because oh, I got to be I've always got to have it deployed and I want to show my investors that I got skin in the game. And I, it's just, it makes it actually more dangerous for your investors over time, I think versus a very, very liquid sponsor who, uh, Hey, you know, the electrical budget went way out of whack. We went over budget hundred grand and all the GPs got to pitch in 25 K to cover this. And you got the 25 K uh, instead of going to your investors and having to do a capital call and shaking their confidence. And, and that is not good. You know, you, you don't want to do that. So my mind is is always going to that. So if I can do the deal with little to no money down with no investors, that's the best. I mean, because then you don't have to worry about the the constraint. Um, That's what constrains and drives all deals is returns, right? If you're, what is the return on my cash? What is the return on my investors cash? And how do I get my investors cash back out of the deal and get it back into their bank account? That's what's driving all the analysis of everything. So, that's what's so crazy about owner financing, is it changes that equation. So, if it doesn't work under, I mean, there's multiple models to look at, um, but if it doesn't work under those models, almost any deal, every deal, can work with the right terms. Absolutely. W- would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, I mean. I was talking to somebody just yesterday morning and he's got a, a place for sale. It's 90 something units. He wants, uh, let's just say, for example, $4 million. And it's really not worth that. Like I could not raise money and get a 20% IRR for my investors at $4 million. Not even close. Couldn't refinance. Couldn't burr model it. Could, couldn't do much with that. So But in the ad, he's like, you know, I'll I'll owner finance it. You know, you put down 30%, I'll owner finance it. So I call the guy and I'm like, listen, buddy, this only works at like $3 million for me to do 30% down. And I know you don't want $3 million. But if I could show you the strength of the the team behind this thing, that we are going to repay you the, the loan, would you take less? If I could less down, if I could pay you full price, $4 million. And he's like, well, what are you talking? I was like, five percent down, you know, two hundred two hundred thousand on a four million dollar deal. And the more he got to know me and the portfolio that we have and the the, the liquid net worth that we have and the all that stuff, he got really, really comfortable. Yeah. And so he may do that deal. And that deal cash flows after he's gonna loan us 95%, and then we gotta raise. 5% pay 15% preferred return on that, it's still cash flows 15 grand a month. And so it's like, am I going to do that deal? Absolutely, because I can amortize debt, I can increase rents, in, and I got five to seven years to pay this guy off, and I can refinance or sell in seven years. And, and I own the whole thing, you know. And so now you may be saying, if you're listening to this, well, that's great, Jennings, but I don't have a portfolio, I don't have a liquid net worth, I don't have all this stuff. Like, no seller. He'd look at my balance sheet and laugh. Say, yeah, forget it, buddy. I'm not loaning you, you know, $3.8 million, even if you can't put down million. And that's where the power of partnerships with multifamily is, is these pieces, these pies are so big that you can come to a guy like me or John or or any, there's a ton of people in this world that are happy to be loan sponsors on a deal like that mm-hmm. and lend you your balance sheet or lend you their balance sheet for a piece of the piece of the action. And you're, you know, you're hustling, you're going to work the deal, you're going to make it happen. But you could get a big chunk of equity in that deal. Or even if you don't get a big chunk of equity, you're in the game. And now you have a tracker and I have something to put on your balance sheet so you can negotiate the next deal and maybe get a bigger piece of the pie.
0: Absolutely. You, you are you are bringing the value of the deal and there's a lot of people that want to help you do that man you're you're saying so much stuff i hear you talking about problem solving i hear you talking about like the power of terms um absolutely like terms are everything and a lot of times with new investors i I get a lot of questions from people asking well could i do this or can i do that when i'm buying a property and i'm always telling them like everything's negotiable, right? Everything can be put in a contract, can be changed, can be, it's all up in your creativity and how you solve problems for your seller. So um, maybe I'll ask you that. And I know we, we're going to stick to a time limit today, but man, we're rolling. So, you know, do you find yourself um, is that how you look at it, that you're solving problems for sellers? Or is it more so you're solving problems for your investors? I I think I know what you're going to say to this, but (laughs) what are you doing? Yeah. Uh,
1: Well, I think in the terms of the seller financing, yes, it really is important to understand what that seller wants and what's important to him. So this seller, he's worried about his tax liability. He doesn't want to get hit with a big $4 million check. He wants to spread that out over seven years. And so that's, that's great for me. Uh, And there are people, like that and so you can identify that and that's what helped me to compellingly say listen you don't really need 30 percent down day one that's actually going to hurt you as long as you feel like we have skin in the game and can fulfill our end of the bargain what does it matter what we put down you know logically and he got on board with that now when you're doing a straight up deal just purchase they're going to get their full purchase price at, at closing um I think that is, it's not as important to, to with the seller to kind of like, I mean, they, they want money and they want you to be able to close, but they still, their problem is um, a lot of times flaky buyers, you know, buyers that are, that are flaking out. And I do see people in this in this industry and I think it's a mistake, this fake it till you make it kind of like well, my partner's this, my partner's that, we're, we're going to be able to do this, we're going to be able to do that. And 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 they're just putting a bunch of crap under contract and they're not closing on any of it. You know, they're just throwing out LOIs, 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 and and there's nothing. I don't do that. If I like a property, I'm going to talk to the seller if I can before I do an LOI so I kind of know what he or she wants. I'm yeah. going to go out there. I'm going to walk the property. I'm going to view the property. I'm going to view a couple of vacants before. I'm not putting it under contract if I haven't seen it. Because a lot of times stuff looks great, and then you walk on site, and you're like, nope, I'm not buying this. Like, I don't want this. Um, and then I think it's important to get with some groups, build those relationships so that you can really mean what you say and be able to deliver on what you say, where you know what your sponsor's criteria is, you know what they're gonna want and what they're not gonna want, so that when you're negotiating with the seller and you're using your sponsor's balance sheet and financial strength to close this deal. that you're being straight up and that's going to translate because this really is a small world. The more, the the deeper you get into it, we all know each other. We all know who closes and who's full of crap and it just gets around, you know?
0: Yeah, it it works. And you know, I, I can resonate with what you're saying because this year a lot of what I've closed has been seller financing or some kind of subject to type of situation. And a lot of that is, what does my seller need out of this, right? What is he really looking for? Um, I did a smaller deal this week. We'll use small numbers, but, you know, a seller needed $10,000 to, what did he say he was doing? He, he had an employee, he needed to, a partner, he needed to buy out for something. And he's just like, I just need 10 grand to buy out a partner. And he had two properties. One of them was, you know, had a loan attached to it. And we were able to wrap around the mortgage that he had on that property, um, probably $120,000 worth of property, but he wasn't worried about the actual value. He well, he needed the liquidity like when he needed it. And yeah. solving that problem, listening to him and educating him, because he did have to be educated, oh, you can do that? Like, we can do that? What's the risk to me? Um, and you're right. A lot of times the portfolio and the reputation that you've built aids in being able to get these deals done. You know, he, he immediately got off the phone with me and called another person that both of us knew and said, hey, is John going to be good for this? Right. And if that guy had said no, he probably would have called me back and said, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. So it, it reputation is everything. So I, I hear I hear you on the terms. There's so many stories we could we could talk about with that. Um, I hear you when you talk about solving problems. Um, and as we start to wrap out here, wrap up here, Hey, I see you on social media and I see what you're doing. You're providing tons of value to people. You're helping people. Um, but really, man, I, one of the things that I admire about you is you, you're, you seem like a regular guy that's doing multi-million dollar deals that a lot of people can identify with. Right. But can you tell us like, how has real estate changed your life? What does your life look like because you, you do real estate deals?
1: Yeah, um, I hear that a lot. Like Yaden and I are relatable, and and we, I mean we are. We're just like a couple of dudes with some kids. And I mean, I, I'm not. Uh, real estate is, it's such a powerful business because it's it's really not that hard. Like it is so simple to run compared to other businesses, and it's so profitable or can be. Um, so I would say, real estate has changed my life. Mostly in the future, because it is a long, long game. And so, yeah, I'm not out there driving the Lambos and, wh- and whatever. Uh, not say that I won't ever. I mean, maybe I will one day. But I'm just, I, you know, a lot of my lifestyle hasn't t- really changed all that much yet. But when you look at, uh, just kind of like we were talking before this show started, it's like you look at like what's going to look like 10, 12, 15, 20 years down the road if we continue to go down this path. And we keep amortizing debt, and our properties keep going up in value, and you know our equity shares keep growing. It's ridiculous, you know. It, it is ridiculous the power of debt amortization over the long term, and it's a for sure thing. It's a, it's a super simple business, and the monthly income once you're stabilized, and we're just now getting into the the harvest season of, of what we've done, because the way we structured a lot of our first deals were we closed them and all the investors got paid first. I mean, they got paid for the first two years until we refinanced and got them their money back. Then we get paid Now we start getting paid. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just now starting to get monthly checks and we sold that 12 unit. I got a nice check. And, but yeah, I mean, it's Tuesday at two o'clock. If I want to go to the beach, I can go to the beach. If I want to sleep in until nine o'clock, I don't, cause I got to get up at five and do my, you know, morning routine, but, but if I want to, I can. And I love that. That's what everyone that's listening out there is hunting for is that personal freedom to say, you can't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want to do. This is my life. I got one go around and I'm going to make the most out of it. I'm not going to trade my life force. I'm not going to give some soulless, faceless corporation 40 years of my life for $50,000 a year which is barely enough to to make it I'm going to have no 401k hardly I'm going to have this tiny little retirement that I'm stressed out that I'm going to live too long oh my god you're going to live you're worried about living too long like that is no way to 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 live that's no way to exist and I'm I'm not going to do that and no one has to do that like it is so easy to make $100,000 a year in, in real estate it's laughable and you really can make millions and millions and millions it's just you got to learn, educate yourself, wrap your mind around it, grow and do the work. But there's it's just no reason to work for 30 years, 40 years for 50 grand a year or less um, and, and give away your life. This is your life.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm hearing it in your voice how real estate has changed your life. Um, very similar story here. And man, you're helping a lot of people um, through a lot of different avenues. I want to give you a chance just to talk about how you're doing that and how people might be able to connect with you after they after they watch this again, because they're going to want to get, get those nuggets again from you when they're watching this on YouTube or listening to it on uh, wherever they listen to podcasts.
1: For sure. you know I think the best way to connect with me is on Facebook through My First Million in Multifamily. So if you search My First Million in Multifamily, there's a picture of a guy and a girl looking out of the ocean. That's the easiest way to connect with me. Uh, Right now, I think there's like 3,400 people in that group. I'm very active in there. We do a show once a week where we teach something. We interview heavy hitters in real estate. Um, We're doing a conference, um, Cashflow Freedom. Uh, We are speakers there. It's May 6th and 7th in Destin, Florida. And it's in the Facebook group. There's links and you can sign up. And it's like 300 bucks. And Today's the last day to get the buy one, get one free ticket. So for you and your, your partner, your spouse, whatever. Um, So that is it. And then Yaden and I are releasing a a multifamily course, My First Million in Multifamily, which walks you step by step by step on how to close a deal. And it gives you multiple tools, not just like, here's one way to look at it that I think is frustrating. Because if you can't find a deal that fits that criteria within a few months, you're probably going to get discouraged and you're probably going to give up. you're probably going to say this doesn't work. And our aim is to build a comprehensive course that, you know, I can't say guarantees because some people are just not going to do the work, but gives you all the tools you need to close that deal and step into this full-time if that's what you want to do. Um, Through the seller financing, through the seller carrybacks, through the Raising capital through the burn model, through the traditional syndication—all those models work, and they're all great for building wealth. And you need to know them all uh, to succeed in this universe and get these big. You know, you can have a thousand-unit portfolio in just a few years. And think about that—a thousand-unit portfolio. What that would do for your family, for your kids, for your kids' kids, and your kids' kids. I mean, you're talking generational. Holy cow! You are the matriarch or patriarch that changed your family line.
0: Yep. And so, man, I, I want to thank you, Jennings, for coming on here to this podcast and for doing this. Um, very motivational, but also very practical. Right. And I, I think that what you just said is something that we want to call people to action to do. If you're listening to this, don't just listen to what he just said. Like, go do something. Right. Take action. Um, make something happen for you and your family. Uh Jennings, is there anything else you want to share with anybody before I kind of shoot the tagline here? Or, uh, man, you, you, you really provided a lot of value today.
1: No, I, I, I think that is a really, really great parting word is what can I do today? You know, not to get paralyzed with, oh my gosh, I got this mountain ahead of me, but it's like, what is the one thing that I can do today? And I would say, hey, that's go subscribe to your YouTube channel. That's get on Facebook and join my group. That's register for that conference. Let's go buy a a education course. Start chipping away at that because the habits, it's all we are, we're the sum of our habits. It's what you do today that is determining who you are and where
0: you're gonna be in 10 years. Absolutely. Hey y'all, so he said it, I'm gonna say it again. Don't just look at it, grab the map.